and good evening. Welcome to As Light As Day with your host, Dana Ferrin. I just want to take this time to welcome everyone and thank you so much for tuning in to As Light As Day with Dana Ferrin. Now, I know some of you might be thinking, wait a minute, I've been listening to the last four podcasts and she has been saying um, Destiny Moments. And just to let you know that you know, I've just, I was at work um, a few days ago and I literally heard the Lord say, I want you to change the name. Now, I no longer ask questions. When the Lord says jump, I ask her how high. So, you know, I just kept hearing it. To be honest, I've been hearing it for a while, but you know, sometimes, you you know, I, I'm quite inspired. I live a very inspired life. Like, what I mean by that, I just mean like everything. I look for inspiration in everything, you know, first and foremost, the word of God, but like I could be riding on the bus to work. I could be not the bus. Yeah. I could be on the bus or I could be on the tube and just one sign, just reading something. It just, it just opens up something else to me. So I'm, I'm just inspired by the least of things. So because I know, you know, the kind of personality I have, I'm always, you know, I find myself waiting a bit longer now to make sure that it's the Holy Spirit and not just my flesh and so I just kept hearing it over and over again and on Monday it just resonated so much in my spirit I thought you know what I'm just going to be obedient I'm going to change you know the the podcast to as light as day and just to let you into a little secret that's actually the meaning of my name Dana it means as light as day so I'm just going to be obedient and we're just going to go with the flow so tonight as you know as I'm sure you've already known from the last you know four podcasts I just talk about, you know, whatever's in my spirit. And if you don't know already, my favorite terminology after glory is, you know, so yeah, just bear with me. I'm I'm now cognizant of the fact that I'm always saying, you know, um, but just, yeah, bear with me. So um, tonight I just wanted to really talk about just, you know, just the continuation of the last podcast that I did. I spoke about rejection and I spoke about the ways that I deal with rejection. I also spoke about the different, you know, forms of rejection and not necessarily forms, but the different ways we can experience um, rejection. So I said, you know, you can experience rejection, you know, well, familial rejection, relational rejection, you know, you can, you know, you you can encounter or experience rejection, you know, in the church or in the workplace bear with me. I'm sure you're going to hear a bit of noise in a minute, just trying to move around my headphones. So yeah. Um, so I, I spoke about the fact that, you know, rejection, it's, it's a, it's a capacity issue. So oftentimes when you're in a place where you've experienced rejection, it's just, it just means that that person or that place has become too small for you and it no longer has the capacity to accommodate who you are and who you are becoming. And I also use the analogy of the womb that when a baby has come full term in the womb, um, the womb becomes too small to accommodate the child. And so when the womb starts to reject the baby, that's when labor you know, the mother starts to feel labor pains and contractions, etc. Um, so in a way, you know, the pain of rejection can be likened to that. Now, I'm 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 very I'm cognizant of the fact that, you know, not everyone takes rejection well. And I know that rejection is a very painful emotion. And if not dealt with properly, it can lead to all 
you know, manner of addictions. It can lead to lust. It can lead to, you know, drug addiction. It can lead, you know, to, to being addicted to pornography, even suicide. You know, I always say that when it comes to rejection, when a person commits suicide, that's when they reject themselves. And, you know, when, when you, when you just keep experiencing rejection and, and you're not seeing the purpose, you know, in the rejection that you're experiencing, oftentimes it can push you to reject yourself. And so you find that when you get to that place of self-rejection, that's when, you know, that's where self harming starts to take place and so I, I always encourage you know even those who are listening right now if that if you're in a place you know like that reach out um to a, to a counsellor you know reach out to someone who you can trust whether it's a counsellor if you go to church you know if there's someone if there's a trusted leader that you can speak to and there are many um helplines as well I believe there's Samaritans there's so many um different helplines you know if I I'm still working at this platform so when I do you know get to know this platform and how I can post um, certain you know helplines I'll see if I can do it on this one because I'm, I'm very um, aware that I'm speaking about a very sensitive matter um, and so if you ever feel like you know you're in a place where you've rejected yourself or you're feeling suicidal um, there's loads of online charities and helplines that you can call that are open um, 24 hours so I know Samaritan um, is one so you can always you know contact them and you know there will be someone on the other side of that line to help you so and then also you know there's a church the local church if you can you know if there's a local church near you you know I always say um, one of the things that's helped me um, overcome um, rejection is just being is just knowing that I'm accepted by Christ but I dare not take it for granted that not everyone who will listen to this podcast you know goes to church or you may have never experienced church but can I say um, I was in a place of severe rejection and you know I was at the age of 13 I believe 13, 14, you know, around um, that age. And I literally wanted to take my life. Um, It was one Sunday morning before going to church and nobody knew what happened and I thank God because when I went to church my bishop you know at the time he was preaching um, to to the young people and he called all of us to the altar and he started praying for all of us and I remembered a missionary you know she's gone home to be with the Lord and her name you know was Missionary King uh, Missionary Norma King and I remember she looked at me and she started praying for me and she started praying against the spirit of suicide and I believe from that day um, till now don't get me wrong there was still really low depressed days that I had um but that feeling of wanting to end my life it left me so you know I'm really um I'm quite sensitive um, when it comes to this topic in a sense that I'm, you know, I, I, I really understand, you know, how low a person can get, you know, when they get to a place where they've rejected themselves and they start to think that nobody loves them. But I just want you to know if you're out there listening, you are loved by Christ. And I know I may have never met you, but you're also loved by me. I love you. If you're listening to this, whoever you are, you are loved and you are accepted and just know that you have a great future um, ahead of you. Um, I just, when I look at my life now, I think if I had ended my life you know at the age of 13 I say 13 forward slash 14 I know it's really bad um, but I can't really remember I can't really remember I think actually no let me know I think it was in May 2004 so I was 13 years old Um, but I always think if I ended my life then you know all the things that God has done in my life up until this day I would never have experienced it and oftentimes I say that you know suicide it's a real feeling it's a real idea you know but God is real as well and 
one of the things I always say is that suicide is really, you know, a, a, a permanent decision in a temporary situation. You won't always feel low. You won't always be in that place. You know, there are better days ahead. There are greater days um, ahead of you. So I just want to encourage someone, if you're listening to this, I, I didn't plan on going down this path. You know, I think that's the case with most of my podcasts. I just flow um, as I'm led. And so I just want to encourage you, you know, we're eight, you know, eight and a half minutes in to this podcast and I just really want someone to know out there that you are loved you're accepted and it doesn't matter how many times and it does matter because I care about how you feel but you know as many times out there that you've experienced rejection you know I've experienced rejection you know both from family you know within the church house and this is not you know a negative um representation of the church or of Jesus Christ it's just I've learned to realize that in the body of Christ in church you know there are still people in a process we're all in a process and we're all working out our salvation with fear and trembling and sometimes what happens is is that when you're in your own process trying to get to a certain place oftentimes we're not aware of what we do to others so I dare not sit here and act like a victim that you know I've experienced rejection but I'm sure that there are other people who have also experienced rejection from me because there are many relationships and there are many you know people that I've had to you know separate from not because they're evil and not because I'm evil it's just that our season was up you know the season of friendship between me and them were up and so that's why I always say to people is that oftentimes you know we want to you know we live in a culture where it's almost like it's always about us you know I'm talking about us I mean you know you if you're listening it's all about you it's all about me but one of the things God is showing me is that rejection is not just about you being bigger or better than someone else sometimes the rejection is because you can't go where they're going and the Lord had to remind me of that he says yeah Dana I might have called you away not because they can't go with you but also you can't go with them you don't have the capacity or the character um to go with them and so one of the things I've just learned to realize is that it's just I just have to make peace in my heart and as long as I leave a place or a person in peace that's all that matters and so you know when God began to show me the purpose of of rejection and you know when I started to see his bigger plan I learned how to handle rejection I learned how to handle the pain of rejection you know right now I've experienced rejection already so many times this year I've already you know experienced rejection over the last few weeks and I was thinking God why and I realized that you know even in the midst of you know the person you know ignoring me or just not talking to me anymore it's not that they're evil they're just in a different place I'm just in a different place and so accepting that I'm able to move on with my life and so I just really wanted to delve you know a bit deeper I think I ended with the scripture Psalm um, 139 verse 14 to 15 you know talking about us being fearfully and wonderfully made and people might have thought what's that got to do with rejection isn't that more about self-image and self-esteem and yes um, to an extent but how many of you know out there that you know when it comes to rejection when you uh, when you fail to see the the purpose in rejection you start to look at it as if it's a result of you not being pretty enough or not being good enough and so you start to literally detest yourself you start hating yourself and so when I got to that place I had to learn to rely on God's word because when you're when you're experiencing rejection until you find the purpose in it I will always say to people don't believe the lies that the enemy tries to put in your head you know when you're in a relationship and the relationship doesn't work out the way you want it to 
the enemy will always come with things like, oh, you're not pretty enough. And especially if it's in a, you know, a relational, if it's a relational rejection where, you know, you are with someone in a relationship, in a romantic relationship, and that person has moved on with someone else, you know, things like self-comparison shows up. You start looking at the other person, you start to compare, you know, if you're a woman, you start to think, oh my God, maybe it's that my butt wasn't big enough. Can I be real here? You know, you start to look at your body, like maybe my boobs weren't big enough, or maybe, you know, I wasn't, you know, pretty enough. I wasn't tall enough. I wasn't the right height, or my hair wasn't good enough. And, you know, I remembered the times when that happened where guys chose other girls over me and I started to look and compare. And after a while, the Lord just started dealing with me to say, look, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. And the person who I have ordained for you will love everything about you. He will love your big nose because I feel like I do have a big nose, but I love my nose. He will love everything about you from your hair to your eyes, to your nose, to your feet. And so I've always learned to rely on the word of God when it comes, you know, to handling rejection. That's the safest place. But again, I don't want to be narrow minded that if you are not a believer, if you're not in the church, I always say, you know, I would love to invite you to my faith. You know, I'd love to invite you to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And here's the thing, it's an amazing thing. You know, I don't want to complicate it for you. You know, if you right now listening to this podcast, if you feel like it's something you want to get to know, you want to know Jesus Christ, you just say, Lord, I accept you into my heart. And I believe that you came, you died for my sins, and now I give you my sins and I receive your love, you know, and you join a local church if you can and get to know Christ I'm not saying to get you know go straight into ministry but you know one of the amazing things is, is getting to know a community you know getting to go to church and learning the community learning about Jesus Christ and just learning about his love that's what one of the biggest things that's helped that's helped me how to deal you know with familial rejection and relational rejection and I found you know when I was experiencing you know serious amounts of rejection especially between the ages of I would say between 13 and you know 21 every Sunday when I would go to church I literally heard a word that was very much relevant to the pain I was in you know but one of the things I always say to people is that I will minister to you I will encourage you with the word of God but at some point I want you to know that you don't have to stay in that painful situation you know the minute you see the purpose the, the purpose when you start to see the purpose in your pain when you start to see the purpose in your rejection you know you start to then move it start the pain now starts to move towards passion it then becomes your fuel you know to passion you know your fuel to literally your purpose it fuels you to walk in purpose and you know you start to see your pain as literally as power it's it's a it's a means to empower you you know to be able to minister to someone else who is also going through what you're going through so yeah I, I mean I didn't plan on saying all of this but you know I just wanted to kind of you know expand on that a bit just to kind of round up and summarize what I said in the last podcast so um I think I just want to really continue on how to handle because here's the thing I talk about all of that but before you get to the purpose you have to deal with the pain of rejection and I always say to people you know if you think about a wound you know when you cut your hand the first thing you do is you obviously judge the wound you know in law we learn about you know the different types of wounds it's like you know you have a cut that will literally it will just probably hit you know cut you from the top of your skin but then you have the deep-rooted um, cuts that hit literally your dermis and your epidermis and when when the wound is that deep you know there are things that you have to do like you know we always say you go to the hospital the first thing they do is they clean the wound they you know they inspect it to make sure there's no infection that nothing has gotten into it and then depending on how deep it is, 
they will probably dress it, you know, put certain, you know, back, not bacteria. No, we don't want that. Um, but they'll put certain, you know, I think it's antiseptic. You know, I'm not a doctor, but I do work with doctors and scientists. Um, but there's certain things that they put on your hand to stop any infection um, from getting into the wound. And then they will put it in a bandage. And then until healing takes place, you know, that's when they will, they will remove the bandage. But depending on how bad the cut is, sometimes you have to go and let them clean the wound and then, you know, put, you know, fresh, you know, fresh bandages on it. To protect it from you know infection but one of the beautiful things is that you know you know that a wound will start to heal based on the scab you know when it starts to form you know that rough you know patchy kind of you know I think it's like it's almost like a bluish blackish color starts to form on top of the wound and the whole purpose of that you know it's to, again stop infection and it's also a sign that the wound is healing but you know sometimes what we do is oftentimes we we try to pick you know especially when you're younger not now in your adulthood but you know when I was younger sometimes you're so curious as to how this thing is forming on top of the cut so you try to help it by picking it but then there are times when you know as young children when you see them do that because it's still healing oftentimes you can see when they do it you know when they when they try to pick at the scab i know this is quite disgusting but then oftentimes you know you end up delaying the process of the healing because then what happens is then it starts to bleed and then it now puts you at risk of even more infection and it's kind of like that with rejection is that you know when you experience rejection you have to allow yourself time to heal from that wound because there's some rejections where it's minor but then there are others that are so major that you literally have to take time out to heal and so it's the same thing that there were times when I experienced severe rejection and here's the thing what I did when I was going through these rejections, for example, familial rejection. So at the age of 17, I see the purpose in this now, but at the time it was painful. You know, I was told to leave my home at the age of 17. So, you know, at the time, and I know my mom, she's not evil, whatever. God knew what he was doing when that happened. But when I was 17, I left home. And I remembered at that time thinking, am I not good enough? And there was a lot of rejection happening. You know, typical teenager, you've got a crush. The guy doesn't like you back. So you're thinking, oh my God, it's because I'm ugly. And then on top of that, I was, you know, put out of my house. So then I had that also lurking over my head thinking oh my god I'm not good enough for a guy and my own you know mother doesn't even want me at the time that's what I thought and um it was really hard and then even after that there was other things there was other rejections little rejections that were happening you know around around me and so I realized that bit by bit this wound it was getting deeper and deeper but here's what I did and I'm sharing my experience with you so that you you know will recognize the signs of you when you're trying to put on a mask rather than me dealing with the wound of rejection what I did was I used education I used success as a mask to hide my wounds I didn't deal with it I just covered it I didn't allow the Lord to, to, to put his antiseptic over my wound I didn't allow him to heal I just literally put a plaster over it and thought whatever let's just keep it moving and I literally buried myself in going to uni because I wanted to be the first in my immediate family to go to university so I did that and everyone celebrated that so then that became my mask and then after that you know at 21 the age of 21 I became, you know, a minister at my then church. So that was another mask, another mask of so-called success. And it just kept going on and going on. And, you know, this turned into a vicious cycle um, between the age of 18 
to 21. Well, you know, some there's some of us, there's some of you out there that are listening to this, that literally God will not allow you, okay? God will not allow you to get away from the process. So I was literally trying to escape all the tests. I was trying to, you know, escape all the things that I knew God was trying to take me through to teach me something. And I was literally rushing my process. But by the age of 22, literally my back was against the wall. Here I was again faced, you know, but I think it was... It was January of 2014. So I was 23 years old and I was faced with unemployment. And with all of that, that was another rejection because here I am thinking, wait a minute, I've done law with psychology as a degree at university. So I thought the world is my oyster. Surely I can get whatever job I want. You know, I was so confident. I thought, okay, this is it. You know, I did everything. I've gone through the whole schooling system. You know, I've done my degree. You know, I can get whatever I want. But literally, it was a shock to my system that literally from the age of 23 to to the age of 20, I'll say, because I started my first proper job at the age of 27. I'm not ashamed to say that. Okay, I, I did get my first job when I was 22. But then obviously, because due to the contract, they didn't renew it. So I was unemployed from the age of 23 to 27 so a day after my birthday that's when I started my second proper job and I remember thinking you know I think I applied as I've testified before I applied for over between 1500 to 2000 applications I made through you know agencies online agencies I applied I literally showed my face you know went to certain places do you have vacancies and everyone was telling me no and I couldn't understand why. I was like, God, what is it about me? Like, I'm, you know, and, and here's another thing here, here. This is what added, you know, even more insult to my injury. These same people, sometimes when I would go in for an interview or when they would see me face to face, they would say, you know, you're overqualified. You, you like, you've got it. Like we would definitely employ you. And, it, and I was like, God, it doesn't make any sense. If they're saying that, you know, that I'm overqualified, would you not still give me the job? And I was really struggling, you know, with this for literally four years. And, and if I can be honest with you, that there were times when I gave up in between all those rejections, I was trying to have my own business. I was just trying to do whatever I could do to survive, you know, because bills don't run on water you have to pay your bills and so it was really hard you know between 2014 and 2017 like I had many jobs in between like I worked in a law firm for six months and you know I'm not ashamed to say this I even did cleaning you know it was really hard for me but during those seasons I had to trust God in the midst of the rejection and all I kept hearing was there is better that's why I keep saying no because there is better and can I just say you know God is good because at the age not the age in in the year 2015 when I leap when I took a leap of faith and I came to London with one suitcase and nine pounds to my name sleeping on my friend's sofa I had a vision and in that vision bearing in mind I'm, I'm on someone's sofa okay I'm sleeping on my friend's sofa and I and I fall into a deep sleep this was in the middle of the day or I think it was in the morning I fell asleep and I had a vision of skyscrapers now I knew because I saw I knew it was a real um, area because I've seen it on tv okay I saw the HSBC building you know I saw I think it was the Barclays building and I saw the water so I knew it was Canary Wharf but I'd never physically been there and I saw myself on a boat and I saw myself you know getting a ticket to go on this river boat in order to get to the other side and I, I couldn't understand I couldn't understand the vision and literally, as I got on, as I got on the boat, 
And as I went around a bit in the dream, I suddenly woke up and I was gasping for air because it felt so real. And when I woke up, I thought, oh my God, I'm back to reality. Unemployed, no money. But can I just say that, you know, between 2015 and 2018, it took three years for that vision to manifest. Because here I am in my job that, you know, God blessed me with in February, funny enough, of 2018. So, you know, I have been in my role for two years now, exactly two years yesterday, the 19th of February. But God literally blessed me because, you know, when I saw that vision, it was around, it was spring 2015, but it took three years for me to walk into that manifestation. And what the Lord was trying to remind me said, Dana, if I allowed you to get those jobs that you had applied for, you would have settled. And, you know, I love this because I've heard this analogy from quite a few people before. They said, you know, those who settle always remain at the bottom. When you think about water, if there's a mixture, you know, when there's a mixture in a bottle, when you leave it to stand for a while, whatever's in that water and that mixture, the, re- the, 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 the residue tends to, I can't find the right word. You know, when I'm passionate, I can't find the right things to say, but I know what I'm trying to say. So, for example, if you have oil and water in a bottle, you find that the oil... I think, you know, the oil, you start to see the residue at the bottom of the bottle. And so the whole point of that person they were saying is that, you know, only, you know, things that settle, they always remain at the bottom. And so that's what the Lord was saying. He said, Dana, the job that I had for you, the position I had for you, I refuse to allow you to settle. I wanted you to get this. So in order to get you to your place called there, your place of prominence, your place, you know, of responsibility, your, your place of influence, I had to keep telling you no for three and a half years. And so it took about three and a half years for me to get to my place called there. But in the midst of that, I had what, over 1,500 to 2,000 rejections. And so I just really want to encourage someone out there that if you're experiencing, you know, rejection in the workplace, i.e. unemployment, you know, or you're experiencing rejection in relationships or with family, whatever, it was for a reason. I even started to see the purpose in me when I was at home. Okay. When I had to leave home at 17, I said to the Lord, if I had stayed at home, maybe I wouldn't have experienced the reality that I'm in right now. Maybe I would still be in my old city, probably still living at home because the excuse would have been, I'm trying to save money. I'm trying to save money. I probably would have still been there, but the love of God allowed me, you know, to be spewed out. You see, now I see when I was 17 years old, my mother, she literally, that was God using her. That was my, you know, womb moment. That was my birthing moment where God was literally, you know, he was rejecting me. He was pushing me out from one dimension to the next. And it was just ushering me to my purpose. And so, I now, from that moment till now, I have been looking at rejection in a different way. So every time something does not work out the way I wanted it to, the Lord just keeps reminding me of the very place I sit in now. The Lord reminds me of my surroundings. Every time I come out of my building and I'm walking to get on the train, I always, every day, it's like a ritual, literally. I look around and I look at all the skyscrapers. I look at all the tall buildings. I look at the river and the Lord always reminds me of his faithfulness. He's always reminding me. He's like, Dana, remember but I did it for you here. I can do it for you wherever. So anytime a door closed, I no longer get upset. I actually, I find myself 
in a place of gratitude. I find myself in a place where I'm like, Lord, thank you. So this is where I talked about in the last podcast. I says, you know, when you experience rejection, whether it's from friends, from family, in a workplace, in the church, you know, Matthew 10 verse 14, for those who are believers, you know, the Bible says how you deal with someone who does not receive you, you dust your feet off. You literally have to have this, I don't care mentality. You see, for too long, we're sitting now, we're crying over people that left us. And here's the thing, they've moved on with their lives. They're living their best life and you're still stuck in the pain and the offense of them leaving. Now, if you change your perspective and you start to see the purpose in why they had to leave, you will start to see that whilst God had a plan for them, but God also has a plan for you. And so I now realize when I look back at all the jobs that I was applying for, you know, those three years of rejection, you know, people saying, no, I don't want you or being overlooked, not even coming back to me. It was frustrating. I'm like, God, my CV is good. And the thing is, I was someone who did so many work experiences and it was quite there was a variety of things that I did you know I didn't just do one you know some people that all they do is admin like I there was so many different experiences that I had so I could not understand why no one was looking at me and when I think about where I am now I was like God you are hiding me because if anyone had seen me before my time I wouldn't be where I am now so I want to encourage you if you feel like you're being overlooked in terms of you know relationships where you're thinking God when is my husband or when is when am I going to find my wife if you're a man looking for a wife you know just I just want you to know that God is saving the best for last he's saving the best for you you see I'm not coming with nothing deep I'm not coming you know with no with with the with the theology and you know the 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 hermeneutics and the homiletics but I just want to talk to you on a real level to let you know that better is coming if you are in a place where you're experiencing rejection right now let me just get excited for you let me announce to you that better is on its way better is coming God has better for you and if you feel like you've lost something you know you're thinking oh my god lord I just want you to replace it can I just say there's some things that God will not restore to you he's going to replace it the things that I was hoping for God to restore back to me but I'm like no god I don't necessarily want the restoration there I want a replacement and for some of you the thing that you lost he's not going to give that back to you but he's going to replace it and you know the thing is with 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 God when he replaces something it's always an upgrade he never gives you less than what you lost so I want to encourage someone who's feeling like oh my god I feel like I'm down and out I feel like I'm always losing stuff Mm -mm. it's because God has something better so listen every time you experience rejection I feel the glory of the Lord my God thank you Jesus it is because his grace is protecting you I always say that rejection is God's protection rejection is God's announcement that there's better coming Rejection is God's announcement that, hey, what you were what you were looking for, what you were dreaming about, what you were aiming for was way too small. I have better for you. So I just want to encourage you as I'm getting ready to round up. Just know that God loves you. He cares for you and he wants the best for you. And just know, listen, feel free to reach out to me. I think my email address is down, you know, on this podcast somewhere. Reach out to me on Instagram, you know, or on Facebook and just let me know how this podcast has blessed you. But just know that, listen, every time you've experienced rejection, feel the pain, process the pain, accept that you have been rejected. But here's the thing, celebrate that God has better for you. So take care until we meet again. Take care. Goodbye.